1: Than I ever did. You had some heavy hitters uh, guests on too, man. So keep up the good work. But it's good to be with you, and I'm ready to talk sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Sports on Chicago. My name's John Zaglou. Great to have you here. Today's edition of the program, the Bears have a new offensive coordinator and Matt Eberplus and Ryan Poles have had their intro press conferences. We'll break it all down in just a second. Plus, a brand-new interview today with Adam Rank, the NFL Network's fantasy football expert and the host of this sick podcast. We talk with him more about the Bears' new moves, what to expect for them come next year, and so much more. It's a great interview, and it comes your way near the midway point of this show. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at JohnZSports and on Facebook at JohnZGluo.com if you want to watch more of this show, search up Sports Talk Chicago. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and sportstalkchicago.com. Yep, I'll admit it. I was probably wrong when I said Matt Eberfluss would be a bad hire for the Bears. I was acting out of impulse. impulse, wanted somebody else, and I failed to realize that we don't know who Matt Eberfluss really is. We don't know what he stands for. We don't know about his coaching experience he has done. It was stupid, it was wrong, to say he'd be a horrible hire when we know nothing about him. If anything, he deserves a chance, like everybody else does. I want to rescind what I said. I still would have preferred somebody else. I still think it's crazy that Bears fans who were clamoring for a head coach had to clamor now for an offensive coordinator, but that's besides the point. The fact is... We don't know how Matt Plus is going to work with this team. And until we see results, good or bad, we can't really make a decision yet. But to his credit, this weekend, he did something I really liked. The Bears hired Luke Getze from the Packers, their passing game coordinator, to be their offensive coordinator. Pretty big coup, if you ask me. He will call plays, according to Eberplus. And he will be the main point guy to develop Justin Fields. Many of you might say, who cares, John? Getzee never called a play, knows nothing. He stuck around after Matt LaFleur was hired. And many people may not remember this, but he really helped Aaron Rodgers develop. And you might say, well, Aaron Rodgers didn't need developing. Yes, he did. A couple of years of losing seasons, horrible football. needed to reinvent himself as a quarterback. He did, thanks to Matt LaFleur and Luke Getzee. He's the passing game coordinator. I don't know if you ask me, her passing game was pretty good these past couple of years. And Getze didn't stop in that position. He was promoted after Lafleur took over. So this whole offensive renaissance for the Packers was in part due to Getze. He comes here now to develop Justin Fields. I'm a little bit worried because he's never called plays before. But I certainly trust him over... Matt Nagy. <laughs> I think anybody is more trustworthy at this point than Matt Nagy. Some cautiously optimistic, if not excited, forgets it and what he could do with Justin Fields. And that's a credit, believe it or not, to Matt Eber Plus for bringing him in. The Bears have actually had so many big-time coaches, former defensive coordinators, special teams coaches, safeties coaches, cornerbacks coaches, all of them are excited. They want to come to this team because of Plus. That's a credit to him. It goes to show his reputation around the NFL. Hey, when the Bears hired Matt Nagy, I don't remember this much interest being around positional coaches. I don't remember people saying, hey, I want to be your special teams coach. There weren't people lining up to work with Matt Nagy. There are people, though, lining up to work with Eberfluss. That's a sign. Obviously better than Matt Nagy. We all knew that. I mean, you'd have to be really scraping the bottom of the barrel to have somebody worse than Matt Nagy. Oh, yes. Admittedly, I overreacted a bit. There was somebody I wanted. The Bears didn't get him. I wasn't happy. And ever since we had that video, there have been more people hired as coaches. Brian Dable went to the Giants. Hey, unfortunate. Thought he really could have done well with Justin Fields. Didn't work out. Jim Harbaugh is now in the running for a job. Josh McDaniels to the Raiders. I mean, this is unfortunate. I would have loved either of those guys to work with Justin Fields, especially McDaniels. Daniels may not have done well in his first coaching stint in Denver, but didn't have a quarterback. Had Kyle Orton and Tim Tebow. <laughs> My goodness. Here you got a real potential quarterback you could develop. I think it could have worked well. Only time will tell which one of these coaches is going to be the best of the group. Need to see results. Need to evaluate situations based on personnel. It's going to be a long way to go to determine who got it right and who did not We don't know. Nevertheless, the Bears have their guy. So at this point, instead of reflecting on who they could have gotten or Who went where? Let's talk about what he is and what he brings to the table. And at this point, I'm optimistic for a couple of reasons. Number one, seriously, I don't remember this many people wanting to work with Matt Nagy. Like, do you you remember all these coaches, different coaches around the game saying, I want to come to see you. I want to come to work with you. I'm going to leave my job in a different city, different team, come work with you didn't happen with Matt Nagy at all. The Bears expanded their front office, too. I mean, they're making different changes organizationally, not just on the field and coaching wise. To be honest, I'm pretty stunned. Didn't expect all of this to be put into motion from this team. Not this team. Other teams for sure. Those are first class organizations. This team should be first class, haven't acted like it for decades. But they are now, which is interesting. Why now? It's important to note that Ted Phillips, George McCaskey, are still there. So if this doesn't work, we know why it didn't. But it seems to me like they're committed to some change. That's a good thing. Never thought I'd see the day where they'd be committed to this much change. And it's catastrophic, really, when you think about it. Think about where the Bears were a month ago. Mad Nagy, Ryan Pace, going nowhere. Justin Fields being wasted in his rookie year. Now, new coach, new offensive coordinator, new GM, new assistant GM, first time ever in Bears history there's been assistant GM. There's a difference. And I'm not saying I'm all of a sudden going to be a cheerleader for this team and all of a sudden things are going to be better. But what I am saying is it's different than they were about a month ago. It's different than the last time the Bears had to hire a head coach in the GF. That should be cause at least for a little bit of celebration, just a tad. Not ready to bind to this team yet. Have a long way to go. But it's not a bad start. And it's a better start to me than Matt Nagy and Brian Pace or Mark Trestman and Bill Emory. It's a better start. And that's not a problem to me. Here's what I really like, though. This was revealed during the press conference. Luke Getze will call the offensive plays. The defensive coordinator will call the plays. Eber Plus will be the leader, the CEO, the emotional center of the team. I might have been harsh on the Eber Plus hiring, but I love this. No ego. Not bad naggy. No ego. There is no, I'm a defensive guy, I'm going to call the plays. I know what I'm doing. No. Actually, pretty honest. I have an OC, he's going to call the plays. I have a DC, he's going to call the plays. I'm going to be a CEO. I love that. Really, I love that. It shows that he's humble. It shows that he's not willing to put the ego above the team. These are things that We all demanded for years to come from Matt Nagy. Never can. I want to talk about somebody who's egomaniacal. It's Matt Nagy. Matt Eberfluss, the opposite, according to his statement, at least. I like that. That certainly changed my opinion a bit. Again, doesn't mean he's going to be great. doesn't mean this team will work under Eberfluss. They could go 3-13 next year, 3-14. But there's at least a difference in the approach. There's a difference in the approach. Matt Eberplus will not call the defensive plays. The D.C. will. O.C. will call the offensive plays. He's literally telling everybody, I got no ego. There's no fighting about who's going to call plays like with Matt Nagy or I'm not calling them, but I really am. No, no ego here. It's just straight up, let them do it. They're better at it. I want them to do it. My identity is not going to be defined by all defensive plays, all offensive plays, making decisions like that. Granted, that means more of an emphasis is going to be on him leading these guys, being a good leader himself. So that's how we're going to have to judge him. But I don't have a problem with this at all. I love it. I welcome it. I mean, think about what we've all gone through the past couple of years with Matt Nagy. I'm calling them plays, I'm not, I'm calling them again, I'm sharing play calling with Phil Lazor. Matt Eberplus right away said, no, I'm not doing any of it. Completely dismantled what Matt Nagy's done for four-plus years. It took one press conference for Eberplus to already be better than Matt Nagy. Think about that. That doesn't mean he's going to be a huge success, but it does mean I'm more excited for that. I'd rather have somebody who puts their ego at the door and worries about winning. Worries about being the best. Mount Daggie never did that. It was all about ego. He was defined by his stupid play calling. <laughs> that made him who he was. It made him happy. Here, not the case for Eber plus. He just wants to win. I can't fault a guy for having that mindset. So... Yes, that gets me pretty excited about what he brings to the table. Doesn't mean it's going to be great. Maybe this whole thing will blow up in a couple of months. (laughs) We'll talk about next year the Bears being 0-10 in October, November, and firing Eberfluss or firing Ryan Poles. Who knows? But I want to see how it plays out. And I was wrong earlier, yes, for jumping to conclusions and being extremely mad about the move. That was an emotional reaction because I wanted somebody else. Yes, 100%. Brian Dable would have been great. Jim Caldwell would have been great. Josh McDaniels would have been amazing. So, of course, I'm not going to be happy when you bring in some defensive guy whom we've never heard of, who has no experience. Yes, it's going to trouble me. But I like his attitude. I like his attitude based on the press conference. At the end of the day, it's going to be about results. Everybody will love you, including myself, if you're a winner. You have to win. You have to win to prove to me, to prove to everybody else you know what you're doing. And it has to be sustained. Matt Nagy won in 2018, then sabotaged Mitch Krabinski, sabotaged Allen Robinson, and got fired. No more success, no more winning, no more playoffs. Gone. There has to be sustained winning with this team. That's my judgment. That's how I'm going to judge Matt Eberflus' Ryan Poles, and this new makeup for the Bears. Sustained winning. Not one year, then all of a sudden you suck. No. This Bears team has to be a force. Talking about three to five straight years of playoff appearances, if every other organization could do it, why can't the Bears do it? If every other organization could be a playoff lock every year, like Los Angeles, Right? The Rams. They're a playoff block every single year. You know they're getting there in some capacity. Patriots. Bills now. All these teams, you know where they're going. You know they're getting in. Steelers, for the most part. You know they're getting in. Doesn't mean they're going to win, but they're going to be in the playoffs. The Bears need that sort of success. It is unacceptable that the Bears last won a playoff game in 2010. Unacceptable. Totally unacceptable. And that's going to be my marker for how Eberplus and polls should be judged. We need sustained success. Bears fans need sustained success in order to judge how they do. Plain and simple. But this start is not bad. Definitely better than how Matt Nagy started. Eberplus has assistants around the NFL begging, really begging to work with them. But more importantly, I love this statement. It just shows no ego. And for a team that's been plagued by ego problems from the head coach for the past four years, it's refreshing. It's pretty damn refreshing. I'm not going to call the defensive plays. That's for the defensive coordinator. Not going to call the offensive plays. That's for the offensive coordinator. Really? Tell me more. You know, it sounds revolutionary, but it's pretty simple. Makes you wonder why, for years, Matt Nagy just didn't get it. Ego problem. Matt Nagy was defined by his offense, and his offense sucked. So, then he became defined by losing, and mediocrity, and breaking quarterbacks, and he was fired. Eberplus, smartly, is not going to make the same mistake. He will be judged by how he leads this team. How the players respond Do they respect him? Do they like him? That's how he's going to be judged. And that's fine by me. It's going to be hard to gauge how he does it first. I mean, if he's not called an offense or defense, it's going to be difficult. But results will matter. And I think that's the main takeaway from this whole press conference. Results will matter. If you want to find a way to judge Matt Ebert plus, take a look at the win-loss record. That's how you're going to have to do it. Take a look at how these players play for him. Will they play hard? Do they respect him? Do they like him? Right off the bat, he's shown no ego. And that's fine by me. That's a huge change for Matt Nagy. But do the players like him? Will they play hard for him? And will the Bears win under him? These are questions that need to be answered over time. That's how you're going to know if he's a good coach or a bad one. So we don't know today. And it was stupid of me to say, oh, bad hiring, bad coach. I wanted somebody else. But here we are. Eber Plus is the coach. Can't go back from that, so let's see how he does. I'm going to be cautiously optimistic. I want to see him in action. I want to see if he really means what he said, especially when it comes to play calling. I want to see how they all work with Justin Fields. That should be the main thing. Now, the good thing was, Justin Fields came out during the press conference, so the Bears have kind of embraced him. Saw so a tweet saying, oh, you know, they didn't do this with Mitch Trubisky, Didn't do this with Jay Cutler. That's great. So you're going to embrace Justin Fields. Fine by me. Better develop him. There better be a big-time improvement come this year. Can't be having seven touchdowns, ten picks, twelve fumbles, Not anymore. Got to be better. Got to be better. Something has to work this year. That doesn't mean be Patrick Mahomes. I'd say, at the least, match Mitch Trubisky's stats from 2018. Nothing wrong with that. 24 touchdowns, 12 picks, 95 passer rating. That'd be nice. Those should be the expectations for Justin Fields come next year. Really. Everybody bashes Mitch Trubisky, that's fine, but you know what? Let's see Justin Fields match it. Now, as a good OC, supposedly, new head coach, team who believes in him, no sabotage, no breaking quarterbacks. There's no more excuses. He should have at least or match what Mitch Trubisky did during his best year. That's a fair ask, I think. Pretty fair ask to have. So the positive from all this is we have benchmarks and ways to gauge how everybody's done. Ryan Paul's will depend on the head coach. The head coach will depend on wins and losses. Justin Fields will depend on how he develops under the new head coach and the new O.C. This is how we know if the Bears are getting better or not. So now we have the game plan. We have the blueprint. The question is, can they execute? Don't know yet. Won't know for a long time. (laughs) Not until September, October will we know. But good way to start. Good thing to look forward to. And, of course, we still don't know how this roster is going to look. There could be a lot of changes between now and August, September. So there's still news. There's still a long way to go. And I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic a bit more based on this press conference, based on the hirings, based on all these coaches who want to work with Eberplus, and based on the fact that Eberplus himself, contrary to Matt Nagy, there's no ego. That, to me, is the big deal. For the come you're on Sports Talk Chicago. My interview with Adam Rank comes up next, so stay tuned. Sports Talk Chicago. John's at and we are back and ready for today's special guest. He's a fantasy football expert for NFL Network, a writer for NFL.com, and the host of the SICK podcast.
0: Please welcome Adam Brack to the program. Adam, it's great to have you on. How are you? Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's a uh, it's a great day uh, for Chicago. Can I pull back the curtain and say when we're recording this, this is moments after the introductory press conference. So i, I got to be honest, I'm a little fired up right now. What do you think of the press conference itself? You know, I was a huge fan. I liked a lot of what they said. You know, I think anytime you hear a head coach, especially a first time head coach being like, I'm not calling any of the plays like, okay, that actually makes a lot of sense. I think that was one of the biggest downfalls for Matt Maggie. I liked a lot of the stuff that he did. I really, really thought he was a good person, thought the players played hard for him. But I think that, you know, for somebody who hadn't had that much experience being a play caller, it was kind of weird for him to be like, I'm coming in and calling the place no matter what. Um, so I do, and I do like that. That Eberflus was like, you know what? I'm going to be the more of a CEO kind of guy. Um, I loved Ryan Poles. I loved uh, his message about taking back the North and never giving it back. I like that they brought in Justin Fields, that showed like they're committed. Like he's in. They, they, he's our guy. So uh, there's a lot of positives. I know the meatballs will find things to be upset about. There's still people. <laughs> You know, still worried. Why didn't we interview John or Jim Harbaugh? It's like, I don't know. Do you have a hundred mil laying around? It's an expensive mistake. You know, uh, John Gruden did very well. His first couple of runs in the NFL. And then, you know, that hundred million looks a little different now. Um, So I'm kind of glad that they went with the route that they did. I'm committed to everybody that they've got going on. So I I feel pretty good about it right now. What was your reaction
1: when you heard about the Bears hiring Matt Eberflos?
0: I kind of liked it. You know, when you were looking at some of the candidates that they, the final three that they had narrowed down, two of the guys who I really liked in this process, and we'll probably get an opportunity where we will get an opportunity to see how Brian Dable does with the New York Giants. I thought he was a pretty interesting candidate just because Justin Fields checks a lot of the same boxes as Josh Allen. Brian Flores is another guy that I really like too, but he's probably going to get an opportunity hopefully in Houston. If Houston can stay away from the McCown thing, which you know they want to do so badly and just, I don't know, can McCown just be the offensive coordinator with Brian Flores? I don't know. I think that would be a nice little mix. So outside of those two players or two men who I really liked going into this process of the final three, Caldwell, Dan Quinn, and Eberflus I'm like Eberflus makes the most sense to me I like going with the first time hire I know it's a Bears tradition outside of John Fox they've always gone with first time hires you know and has it always worked out but I think that's with a lot of franchises like a lot of there's a reason why there's a coaching cycle every year so I thought it was worth it to give this guy an opportunity and if Ryan Poles the the GM that they had identified is the guy that they wanted to bring in. If this was his guy, if he was able to usurp Bill Polian and the rest of the the Chicago Bears brass and bring in Ryan Poles, then I believe in him. I believe in the guy that he wants to hire. So uh, let's see how it goes. I'm ready to rock and roll.
1: How do you feel about the
0: Bears going the defensive route for this job and not hiring an offensive-minded guy? You know, I I feel like too much was made of that. I think people get a little too – I don't know. It it just seems like Twitter is such an amplifier of one bad take just gets amplified. Like, yeah, why don't we do that? Usually, you know, that would be that kind of conversation would be limited to some bar in Oswego with a bunch of guys swilling the old style and it doesn't go anywhere. But with Twitter, everybody gets subjected to this nonsense. Like it's usually my uncle on the phone. Be like, God, they got to get an offensive, got to get the offensive guy. And you're like, yeah, like, uh, like Matt Nagy, like Tressman, like this, there's either style doesn't work. We need the right, we need the right guy. We need the motivator. And I think that as the press conference went on, as we started to hear what Eberflues was all about, we want that aggressive approach, but we also want to be smart about it. Too many times during Matt Nagy's era, we would have guys and we would have, you know, these situations where our guys were not playing smart and so I think that this was important to get guy somebody who's focused on playing hard but also playing smart and I think that would be a nice welcome change for us.
1: Adam Brank here on Sports Talk Chicago. Adam what excites you about the roster that
0: Eber Floss is going to inherit? I think obviously it starts with the quarterback Justin Fields. This feels like the first time Forever. I mean, I like Jay Cutler. So let's not get it twisted. Let's not have revisionist history over that, but this feels like, you know, a guy who's going to be leading this offense for quite some time. And I don't want to put him into the class of Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow immediately, but we should have similar type of excitement. And I think that there's reason for that. I like Darnell Mooney and, and Khalil Herbert offensively um, David Montgomery, of course, there's some nice pieces on the defensive side of the ball. But what really is impressed me is I think that most people who follow the Chicago Bears are like, we need to make sure that our offensive line is intact and ready to go. And one of the things that helped the Chiefs get back to the AFC Championship game this season was the offensive line. And Ryan Poles was a huge factor in developing an offensive line that got them back to the AFC Championship game. I don't know what happened in the second half to the Chiefs, But uh, at the same time, they got back there, and I think if the Bears can get back to the playoffs or stuff like that, we'll be in good shape. How do you evaluate Justin Fields' rookie season? You know, it's hard to really cast judgment on him with a coach that wasn't retained in an offensive system that hasn't worked in four years. It's not like this Bears offense was lighting it up for years and then they fell off the map. I think given the restraints, Of what he was given, he performed very well. I thought that any time that he was put into a two-minute situation and was told to just go out and win a game, and I think of the touchdown run against the 49ers, which was a terrible play call that he turned into a touchdown. I think of the rally against the Pittsburgh Steelers, throwing the ball down the seam, being patient, finding Cole Komet over and over again. Some of the dimes that he threw on some of the broken plays. I think there was a lot of positive. There's a lot of good things going on with him last season. We would have liked to have more evidence, kind of like you know when the Chargers went into last year or this year or 2022. What year are we in? Geez, 2022. Uh, you were pretty much you knew that Justin Herbert was fine, and I I always thought coming into this season, the one thing I wanted the most from the Bears was I want to know if our quarterback's good. Like I wanted a definitive answer, like the Bengals had. Like the Chargers had. And I don't think that we're quite there, but I think we're more adjacent to those guys than we are to somebody like Tua Tungabayaloa, uh, of like where they really don't know what they have in him. So I'm I'm gonna be cautiously optimistic moving forward. But again, going back to the fact that he was at the press conference on Monday tells me that the Bears are committed and we should be as well.
1: Are you concerned about the interceptions and the fumbles
0: uh, this past season? Or is that just more so a rookie thing? You know what? There's some things to clean up and you want to know what is a correctable mistake. What is something that he can work on now with Mitch Trubisky and I don't want to bury Mitch for, you know, it's not his fault, but the issues with him were like, is this guy ever going to learn how to read a defense? Is he ever going to know what was going on? What is he seeing or anything like that? Like, You know, you can go back to that first game against Green Bay in 2018 when he missed the wide open. He uh, he missed the tight end, Zach Miller, who was wide open. You're like, oh my gosh, like if you can't see the field or if you can't throw to your left, that's an issue. But with proper coaching, uh, learning how to hold the football, that kind of stuff can be corrected. I think back to like Tiki Barber, you know, he he had a, a fumbling problem until Tom Coughlin worked with him. And this is just one of those things. And I think what we'll see with Justin Fields throughout the entirety of his career is that he'll have a new wrinkle to his game every year. There will be something that he, he he shows up to camp with that's new. Like, hey, this year he's not fumbling anymore. Or he's doing this. Or he's making better reads. Or whatever it is. He strikes me as the kind of guy who is always going to be working, always going to be improving. So I'm not – I'm not happy with the interceptions and the turnovers. You definitely, but I have enough faith in the person to work on correcting those mistakes. Well, how much did
1: Matt Nagy really hinder his development when you look back at last season and you look back at obviously Nagy not, not being asked back? He was fired. Yeah. I
0: mean, there are ways like you can get people harmed. You can get people like really ruin their confidence and things like that. I have not seen that with Justin Fields. I don't have any indication that that will be the case. I think that, you know, when you read some of the stories, I think Justin, and I think he probably leaned on his college coach, Ryan Day, for this. I think that at some point, you know, like this guy's not coming back. So don't worry about it. I thought it was great that he didn't play. At the end of the season, like we want to see Justin Fields, but it's like that's ah, probably better that you're not. Right, but we get it. Like, that's okay. Like, why don't you why don't you just take the rest of the year off? Consider it sort of a, a red shirt situation. But I think we've seen some quarterbacks who've really had some struggles. And let's say, you know, if you went back to, I mean, Tannehill had his struggles. I I not a lot of people will remember this, but Troy Aikman, the broadcaster, was actually a pretty good NFL quarterback. And his first season in the league, he was on 11 and he was getting killed behind the Cowboys offensive line. They drafted another guy, Steve Walsh in the supplemental draft who actually had the team's only win during his rookie season. And even during the Cowboys first playoff run, and I hate to bring this up because uh, it still bothers my dad. Um, the Cowboys won their first playoff game with Jimmy Johnson with Steve Berline as quarterback. They beat us at home like like really the backup quarterbacks coming in, Chicago Bears weather. Um, and this Cowboys team, whatever, got blown out by Detroit the following week. But you know, like Aikman still turned out to be pretty good. So I think there's still some some optimism, and there shouldn't be. I, I wouldn't worry about it too much. I don't I think that when you look at people who are strong-minded who know what they're doing which I think Justin Fields does like, I don't, I don't know. I, I felt like it would have taken a lot to ruin his confidence. I think he's ready to go. So I'm not too concerned about it. Are you excited about Luke Getze now working with him and calling the offense? I am. You know what? I, I, I know that the joke will be like, well, the the Packers passing game coordinator is actually Aaron Rodgers, So maybe they should have just hired him. <laughs> um, and there is something to be said about like hiring these coaches that work with great offensive with, with, with great quarterback. Like Adam Gase always comes to mind. Like, of course. Like he worked with Cutler and Manning. Like, of course, he's gonna look like a genius. But I think that there is something to be said about you know how the Packers have improved over the last couple of years under Matt LaFleur and with with uh with Gets. And so um I I think that this is gonna be a pretty good opportunity for him i know he's been an offensive coordinator at other places on the college level so he's called plays you know it it does strike me too like i i don't think that you can ever win with bears fans because they're like you know we're we're trying something new we're bringing in these a lot of guys who are out to prove themselves high ceiling guys and meatball meatball media it's going to be like why don't we bring in hardball with uh you know all these other old dudes I don't, I don't know. I, I, I want to take a step into the modern age of football. Like I want to play modern football, which I think that Matt Nagy was an approach that I'm on. It's unfortunate that it didn't work out, but I think that was more on the person than it was on uh, the, the philosophy behind it. And I think if you're looking at the bears process and what they're really trying to do, you know, they brought in the, they got, the GM that they wanted. They got the coach that the GM wanted. They're, they're, they're firing in on all the offensive and defensive assistants that they want. I think they're going about the process correctly. They're expanding the front office and, you know, not to, you know, bury Ryan pace. Cause I think that this is stuff that he wanted to do. Ryan Pace, I think Ryan pace kind of career-wise died. So the bears could grow. And I think that, you know, as much, heat is the mccaskies get the mccaskies want to win football games like this is the daughter of george hallis who hated the packers to think that this family does not want to win is foolish and you know what they're just trying to do the right thing and i think that they're learning and they're growing and with ryan pace and the coaches that they hired and Nagy and all that stuff they started growing and now they're taking it to another level they didn't regress they're progressing they're reg- they're going forward they're like okay they understand the mistakes that they made with ryan pace they kind of failed them in a way like if they, they should have expanded it they should have brought in an analytics department and an assistant gm all this stuff they understand those mistakes now and they're correcting it so we should be happy with this now are, are these all the perfect people in place who knows and we might have to hire a new coach in a couple of years, but I think that organizationally, the Bears are in a better place than they've ever been in our lifetime. So let's embrace this. Let's let's be enthusiastic about it and understand that it's it might not be the overnight success that we saw with the Bengals this year, but I think we should still feel optimistic about it. What impressed
1: you when they hired Ryan Poles? Like based on his resume's his reputation within league circles, what got you excited about him?
0: I think coming from the chiefs organization and the number of different people that he worked with, you know, if you think of all the great chiefs general managers that they've had, you know, Dorsey, Pioli, and all, all these guys have won. You look at the way the chiefs have drafted over the last number of years, like that's a winning organization. I don't think that you can go wrong pulling from a winning organization. And I think that, when you look at the Chiefs and you look at where Eberflus is coming from with the Colts, it's very similar in structure to the Chicago Bears—like long legacy families who are have won football games. Now, the the thing with the Chiefs and the thing with the Colts is that they've they've gotten the quarterback correct, so it kind of makes everything work. Like that is the missing piece, but that's exactly what we want with the McCaskies. That's exactly like Jim Irsay is amazing. I love Jim Irsay. I think he's great on Twitter. I think he's a great personality. It works because the Colts win. Like they've got a winning culture. They've they've had a long history of success. The Chiefs are the same way. And even if you go back to the Lovey Smith era, it was very similar then. The McCaskies, like Virginia, it was awesome. Like we would, you know, the Bears were in the playoffs. Virginia gets the Hallis trophy, like that kind of stuff. Like it wasn't that long ago. Like they're, they're smart people. Like they I understand that they inherited this football team, but there's the McCaskies are smart people. And I think that they have now been put into place. And so I think that Ryan Poles comes from a very similar, like he's worked for, he's worked for a football family. Like he knows the dynamics. Like he knows that the Hunts are the Kansas city chiefs. He walks in. He knows that the Hallis McCaskies are the Chicago bears. The GSH is not going away that that's going to be permanent forever. He understands that he worked for the, the the AFC trophy is the Lamar hunt trophy. Now he's coming to the NFC and working for the, the, for the George Halas trophy. He understands that dynamic. And I think that's one of the most impressive things to me. And I, again, I think this is why bears fans should be thrilled with this. Where do you see him going next year? I, I want to get crazy. I want to get nuts. Now, a lot of this will be predicated on, who is who is the quarterback of the, the Green Bay Packers? I think let's dial up into the room. Like we can we can have our fun. We can go out and we can make fun of Aaron Rodgers for folding again in the playoffs, and we will. But at the same time, he's a very good quarterback who is very good in the regular season. So the biggest key is Aaron is Aaron Rodgers coming back? Is Devontae Adams coming back? I honestly believe both are coming back. I think that. Devontae Adams is going to get the franchise tag. Like you're not getting out of green Bay. You're not getting 30 mil. They're going to franchise tag you for the next two years. And you should just get ready for that. Now I hope that he has like a situation where he pouts and doesn't try as hard. I would love for that to happen, but he's a very good football player. And I think that Aaron Rodgers is smart enough to look at the landscape. And let's say, let's say you're Aaron Rod. Let's say you could force a trade. Let me ask you a question. Like, Do you think that it's more obtainable to win the NFC North given what's going on in this division, or would you rather go play in the AFC West with the chiefs, with the up and coming LA chargers, with Justin Herbert, with the Raiders who just got Josh McDaniels. Like, I think I would stay. I'd be like, ah, okay, I'll stay. Like, do you want to go, do you want to go play for the Steelers? You want to go, you're going to go contend with the Ravens and the Bengals and the Browns like the Browns are like the, the Steelers are probably the worst team in the AFC North right now. So for me, I think that they, both those guys come back. So I don't know if it's realistic to, 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 to say that we would knock off the Packers because they've built a good team. They've got a good team, solid team. But I look at the rest of the NFC, I'm like, why does this team not win nine games? Why do they not have a turnaround similar to what Nick Sirianni did in Philadelphia? where I'm not expecting the bears to win the North next season. And I don't want to, I don't want to put this on them, but I'm like, they should make the playoffs. Like, honestly, with seven teams, you should make the playoffs. I think you have a good enough roster. I think we have a good organization now, or I think we the organization's gotten better uh, that you should expect to go to the playoffs. And if that's, I don't know, it, it's also a catch 22 of like, if they go to the playoffs, that's cool. But if they're, if they're like how the chargers were this season where you're like, Oh, it's a good team. Like that's, that's a good team. They didn't make the playoffs. Something fluky happened at the end of the year. Fine. But um, again, I think that uh, I I think they should have the expectations of the playoffs, but it's not like I'm going to fire the coach if it doesn't happen. Like if they're three and 14, maybe, but like, I think they will be very competitive. And I think that playoffs are a realistic expectation. What to come with
1: Adam Rank in just a moment. Stay tuned. This chance. Sports Talk Chicago.
0: Adam Rank still here on Sports Talk Chicago. Adam, a few more questions. I like the way you said still. Like he's yeah. like, oh, he's still talking. You're still this here. This guy won't shut up. He's still here. <laughs> few more questions before we finish up. First off, uh, the Sick Podcast. How'd you start it? Oh, my gosh. Thank you um for bringing that up. Yeah, the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank. You can find that wherever you download podcasts. If you're somebody who likes to do YouTube, uh, we do a live Q&A Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. And then we do the podcast on Thursdays. And I was working with this company. We were doing a football podcast. Ian Rappaport and I were contributors to t- Tony Marinaro's sick podcast and they wanted to start another one, but they wanted it to focus in on the Chicago bears. They, they wanted a very like instead of a broad football podcast, they wanted to focus in on one thing. And for me, you know, working for the NFL, which I love, love doing NFL fantasy, love doing all that stuff. But I really love talking about the Chicago bears. So we just thought it was going to be a good partnership. I kind of, I kind of had another podcast going, but it was very difficult to get it up and running. Cause I didn't have, you know, like I was producing it on my own. I was getting some help from a friend of mine uh, who was great, but you know, I can only ask a friend of mine to do pro bono work for so long before I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. Like I gotta, <laughs> I gotta do something. But, uh, but no, but this has been pretty cool. And we launched it in January, like right at the beginning of January. And so far we've been having some great success with it. We've seen a lot of, uh, a lot of growth like the bears, I think it helps that there's a lot of cool things happening with the Chicago Bears right now, but I think that uh, the the Bears fan base is robust. It's worldwide, and uh, I think it's a slam dunk. So, um, you know, and it's a it's a passion project, as they like to say. So uh, we're not making any money right now, but whatever. Like, I'm just having fun talking about the Chicago Bears, and, uh, you know, it's been cool. We'll have to get you on at some point. Hey, I'm, on, do all- I'm down. I'm down right gotta- away. We got to do a home and home. So uh, I will. So that's cool. Well, it's cool. Cause like, I like going on all these, you know, all the, all these bear shows. And now it's like, I'm now having to be like, Hey, can you, can you come on? Can you come on? So expect the invitation very soon.
1: Oh, you got it. No, no, no problem at all. And uh, last question before we finish up, your greatest
0: moment playing baseball was what? I think my greatest moment, this is always very difficult. I think from a, a game perspective wise, There was a, a, a baseball player who he, he went on to play. He went to Pasadena city college. He got drafted because I played against Daryl Kyle too, by the way, Daryl Kyle, this is, this is, this story isn't about Daryl Kyle, but Daryl Kyle went to my rival high school, never could never solve me. And I had this weird, like, I wasn't a great player, but I was good against good players for whatever reason. (laughs) It makes no sense. So there was this guy. For uh, he gosh, where did what organization did he end up going? But he I, he ended up going to play in Pasadena City College, getting drafted out of junior college. Going on, he was one of the best pitchers in our league. He wasn't Daryl, but he was also very good, like of that of that skill level. And uh, he had this curveball that was impossible for a lot of people to hit. That I always just smoked. And so before a game one day, he's like, "You're not getting me on this." He's like, "You're not getting me today." He's like, "I'm not even going to throw you a curb. I'm like, all right, do what you got to do. And so uh, we're sitting there and I, per usual, I have two strikes on me and he's just peppering me with, with fastballs. And I keep fouling off, fouling off, fouling off. And then I was looking, I'm like, he's throwing the curve here. So he throws this curve and I hit this ball so hard. If I would have gotten if I had the launch angle, it would have gone 500 feet, <laughs> but it like almost drilled the wall, like on a line drive. And I'm standing on second base and um, he turns around and comes. He So he gets the ball back. And before he addresses the next hitter, he comes off the mound, walks towards me at second base, mouths an expletive to me, and then goes back and pitches. Cause I just gave him the Jordan <laughs> shrug. Like, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what I want to do. That was a, uh, so that was a dream of mine. That was I couldn't do that when I was trying out at Cal State Fullerton. I couldn't I couldn't make that happen, but uh, whatever. For that one moment, I was a stud. Just really proud of myself. Well, Adam, thank you so much for joining me. Always a pleasure to have you on. Best
1: wishes with the sick podcast too, and hopefully there's some more good Bears news to come up uh, for both of us
0: in, in this content space. Really appreciate the time. Thank you. Uh, the pleasure was all on this side of the microphone, and I look forward to having you on the sick podcast very soon. Great talk there
1: with Adam Rank, and that'll do it for us today here on Sports Talk Chicago. Big thank you to Adam Rank himself, Matt Dubio, WCKG, Jim Detaub and to Marvel Entertainment for making this show a success. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at John Z Sports and on Facebook. John Zagluo, if you want to watch more of this show, search up Sports Talk Chicago, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and sportstalkchicago.com. Another great show comes away to tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. Till then, stay safe. So long, everyone. NO! NO! WHERE ARE THE
0: TURTLES?!